What is up? What the fuck is up? Y'all already know what it is. This is Carmine Davis, and you are currently listening to The Carmine Davis Show. How the fuck are you? I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. Look, I'm not even going to hold you. Okay, so we have a lot to get into this week. (sighs) It's so much going on, as you all know. But, okay, so first of all, happy Thanksgiving. This is our first Thanksgiving episode. So you already know. I'm going to give y'all a list of things that I'm thankful for. But we'll do this a little bit later. <laughs> Before we do go into all of my my list of the shit that I'm thankful for. Um, because it's, it's actually a lot. Um, during these times, you know, I always try to keep a sense of gratitude. And like everybody says, you know, with everything going on in air quotes, Um, I think it's important for me to talk about the things that I'm grateful for, even though I use this platform to usually rant and complain and bitch moan and whine about things that I hate most of the time. I usually sprinkle a lot of positivity in that, you know what I mean? Like, and this is going to be that point. But before we do all that, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, rate this podcast. I'm not doing it just for my health. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure you show the love. You know, I lie. I know the ratio. I know, what is it? Like, what is the ratio? It's like two of every 20 subscribers. So one in every 10 subscribers uh, or listeners follow and rate and subscribe to uh, a station. Or is it four out of 10? I don't remember. Not enough. Not enough of you motherfuckers are actually following the show and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to harp on this every episode until we get those listeners matching with those subscribers. So, and you know, they don't know that. I don't know if y'all can see it, but we can see where the clicks and the listeners are coming from. I don't know if y'all know this, but I know you're listening. So make sure you follow and subscribe, show the love. You just look weird. When you don't. But anyway. This week has been really, 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 really amped up because um, I'm still not in my house after the tree fell into the roof a couple of months ago. I think it's two months. We're going on. No, it's been just a month. It's a month and 15 days. So a month and two weeks, I think. That the tree has fallen into my roof and coming. So we're still in the hotel. Which is cool. It's a really nice big space. One of the best actually hotels I've ever stayed in. Um, So that's been going on. But as you all know the Grammys. Child. They're smoking the motherfucking city. With this Grammys. And I'm just scrolling every day. Somebody is busting shots about the Grammys. And what happened to that. But first, we always start into, and at one, I, I got a bone to pick with a certain somebody. I, child, anyway, I'll get into that. But first, let's talk, we start with our hot topic. 
And this week, our hot topic is brought to us by, of course, none other than the lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com for keeping the lights on on this bitch. Um, and this week, we're talking about the alleged sexiest man alive, according to People Magazine, Michael B. Jordan. He is joining OnlyFans dot com for a cause okay so i'm gonna read as usual i'm gonna read the jump and then i will give my input okay so 2020 is truly turning around first biden and harris win whoop, whoop. now michael b jordan revealed he's starting an only fans now who knew people's sexiest man alive 2020 would be available on an adult content website? Michael B. Jordan announced that he will be joining the online photo sharing platform OnlyFans with an account dedicated to his mustache. During his recent appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I never had time to actually sit in one place and grow my facial hair where I didn't have to get it groomed or manicured or anything like that. So during quarantine, I just wanted to see how much hair I could actually grow. Jordan said, adding, his name is Murphy. We call him Murph for short. Got an OnlyFans coming soon. Eating fruit, all types of crazy stuff is getting wild. But joking aside, the Black Panther actor confirmed that he truly plans on launching an OnlyFans, saying, yeah, it's a thing. Jordan will be joining dozens of celebrities with an OnlyFans account, including Tyga, Cardi B, um, Bella Thorne, Amber Rose, Aaron Carter, Sancha Morgan, and more. Can we write this description off as a charitable contribution? And how soon is this happening? The people need to know. Okay, the people don't. Um, if, if I'm going to be honest, like, okay, I am an OnlyFans subscriber, but I'm extremely selective, extremely selective about who I follow. And I have a weird, um, algorithm about who I would follow. I guess you would call it an algorithm because my mind is like a machine and it does weird things. <laughs> And it, one of those weird things is I'm very cautious and mindful about who I will spend my $10, $20 on on OnlyFans.com every month. And it's a random amount, a random bunch. And I will announce those people. I'm being really vulnerable. <laughs> and I don't know what that would say about me, but I, I will tell you this. My, my list of OnlyFans people. Um, but I, I, I want to start by saying that, um, Michael B. Jordan won't be one of them. I don't follow Tyga. I don't follow Cardi. I don't follow Amber Rose. Um, I don't follow, um, who else did I trade is no, not Trey songs. Uh, Mario who, I, because I'm disappointed. Okay. Like, when I think of OnlyFans, I think of smut. I think about trash. I think about watching someone do things that 
I can't get anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like something that I, I won't, I want to see you getting your ass ate in a Sonic drive-thru. I don't want to see your mustache, Michael B. Jordan. I want to see, I don't even like to see feet photos. There was this one, one, I actually did follow Prince from Love and Hip Hop Miami. Biggest mistake. Okay, let's, let's just, for measure and complete, complete transparency here, I feel like you get a very, um, honest, like I like to be transparent on a show. That's what it's here for. It is my, um, <laughs> my it, more people think this is a show is, 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 it's about, it's not about you. It's about me. I'm going to be completely honest. This is not about anybody else. This is something that I do for my own, um, mind, my own mental health, especially started during quarantine. And it's for my own pleasure. And it's my own thought process through working on my album, which I'm still working on. Like what did, what did, um, Normani say? I'm, I still do music. Um, but even the guests that I have on the show, I don't want any, just anybody on the show. I want someone who has inspired me and my work and I talk about things that I'm thinking about while I'm writing and OnlyFans is actually one of those things and sex and all those things. And it's just whatever. So, but anyway, my list of people who I subscribe to on OnlyFans. Okay. How do I go and see that? Um, help me child. Um, child. Okay. Okay. How do I see this? <laughs> okay, okay, following. Okay, so I only follow five people. And that's all I want. I'm kind of a, a, ashamed. Okay, so it's a Brandon Carrington, um, a.k.a. the new barber. <laughs> I follow Jimmy Smacks. I, this is embarrassing. I follow, I follow the low boys. I follow Berg, K Berg 305. I accidentally followed, um, what's his name? Granny Glaze. It was an accident and I'll explain. Um, those are the only five people. And I, I followed, um, at one point, my past collaborator, Flashman Wade, but that was to support. Okay. Flashman Wade is actually one of the coolest people that I've ever met. Um, very talented, a great rapper, um, a great lyricist, a great collaborator. When I worked with him on the autograph remixes a couple of years ago, um, maybe like nine years now, um, before he became the porn, you know, star that he is. Um, he's actually a really, really cool guy. And I followed him, of course, for his ass videos and then to support. So, but I don't follow him anymore because it just got a little weird for me. But the people that I follow are all smutty. 
They are doing things. And I like my OnlyFans videos to be a certain length. I like them to be a certain type of content. I like to get right to them. And that's why I accidentally follow Granny Glaze. I hate, that's the corniest nigga that I've ever met in my life. That I've never met in my life. Corny, corny. That was, if you are on the, if you're thinking about follow Granny Glaze, following Granny Glaze, do not. That is the wackest thing that I've ever seen in a waste of $15. I promise you, you're not missing the the most corniest cornball nigga that I've ever met in my life. I'm sorry, or never met him, I've ever seen in my life. The content is meh. I see better content out and about in Atlanta and during the daytime, not during Piedmont Park hours, which I don't participate in, by the way. I've never been to Piedmont Park after dark. But you would see hella more actions just strolling by Piedmont Park during the day. And then you would see on Granny Glaze. And it's, it's the corniest shit. Um, I follow the low boys because they're trash. And I love it. If you don't know who they are, don't Google them. I follow the, the naked barber because it's trash. It's exotic. It's 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 diff- something that I won't see everywhere. They have and Flashman Way too. They all have their own lane that they created. Do you know what I'm saying? Like something very interesting and something that they brought to porn. Like Flashman Way, sure you can see anybody play with their ass, but Flashman really branded and made OnlyFans. It's a, it's his brand. Like I think I my hats. Are, I feel like nobody does it better than Flashman Wade in the male department. There are some women who have it down, but I am honored to act. I'm very proud of the way he did OnlyFans. And then like the naked barber. I love. I just I love a theme. I'm a theme girl. You know, like <laughs> I love a concept. He created a concept. You know what I'm saying? Like it's trash. It's smutty, but it's exotic. You know, it, it goes to a part of your brain. Um, I feel like I can speak for, for everybody where there's something erotic. I mean, gay male, there's something kind of erotic about your barber. You don't really know why, but there's something erotic about the relationship that you have with your barber. This is somebody who's so close to you. Taking care of even the verbiage. I'm going I'm to hook you up. I'm a, it's, it's very sexy. Very sexy. Jimmy Smacks. I don't know how I ended up following him. I don't even know who that is. Um, and the Burgundy, he's a stripper. And that's all I know. And he actually does pretty decent ass play videos. So that's my list. But Michael B. Jordan is not one of those people who I have any desire. Unless Michael B. Jordan is spread ass on a Miami balcony somewhere, showing off his hole, or eating a box, or showing. I also hate short videos. So if you expect me to pay $20 when you post a one-minute video every three months... Don't worry about it. Um, I, I I used to follow the girls because I'm a supporter of the. I am also a retired um, sex worker. You know, as I said here on the show, I, it was back in the day. I was like 19, and I used to do. I was a phone sex operator, and I'm I did pretty good. Like it was before I went to school. 
it was something that I needed to do. I didn't have a car or any like Uber at that time. You know, it was something that was convenient that I could do in my, you know, my house, in my room. And it paid well. It was my first job, I guess, technically. But I did it for like a week or so, like two weeks or something. I think I got like two or three paychecks because I wasn't living at home. I was living at... I wasn't living in a place where I could do all they need because child, it gets wild. So it wasn't the best setup for me. But now the girls are on OnlyFans. And I respect some of, like most of them for doing it, getting their bones, you know. I, I respect sex work, but I also feel like just like any other job, I feel like, or not even just with any other job. You're you're doing a job of someone with someone's vices involved. Like there are drug dealers out there who actually sell to, and trap to make a living, to do get the fast cash, to come up. They had no other options or anything. And there's some people that walk around here um, acting like they're selling bricks when in reality they're just selling maybe like an eighth every now and here and again. And acting like they're trap stars. But in reality, you just want to be a drug dealer. You just want to say that you sell drugs. And I think that's the same thing with OnlyFans. Like, they're the girls out there who are embarrassing. Like, you really hit rock bottom and you're out here tweeting pictures of your hole for like a couple of likes and shit like that, but you're not making money. Like your phone is off and shit. Like you don't have a place to stay. You don't have a roof over your fucking head. What are you doing? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but you like the attention you are getting paid with the attention. Nobody's subscribing to your OnlyFans, but Twitter catches your pictures and retweeted a bunch of times. And that satisfies you. And to me, I feel like that is the issue. It oversaturates and makes the girls like Flashman Wade, who actually do this for a career and do it well, put mind and thought and a business plan involved, um, a rollout. Uh, they think about marketing. They think they take it seriously and they make great money doing it. And then here you are doing it for clout to try to get into some fucking club in Atlanta when the girls are laughing and snickering and laughing at you. But whatever <laughs> everybody has their own life you know what i'm saying i think people need to check themselves and we need to hold each our friends accountable and our only friend fans people making sure that they're doing it for the monetary and the liberation reasoning and not the attention and the i might have a sex problem reasons but anyway I went on a tangent just to tell y'all that I'm not subscribing to Michael B. Jordan's OnlyFans when his mustache, you know, is on display. And I don't think you should either. If we're talking about the mustache between his legs, um, then maybe. A pubic hair OnlyFans account for Michael B. Jordan is something I would do for the cause. But anyway, let's move on. Again, if I haven't lost you... <laughs> You make sure you follow, subscribe, like, and rate this podcast. Again, I'm not doing it for my health. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. You know, follow and like this. Like, this is the cure for COVID, okay? So, we're moving on. In the middle segment is always the artist spotlight. And this week, 
like I promised, we are talking about the fucking Grammys. What the fuck is up? They're so, they are, I feel like every year, which I was just talking to my best friend about, we are pissed about the Grammys every fucking year, like as if it's going to be different. You know what I'm saying? Like the Grammys, I, I get it. And I think people don't understand that it has always been a political game. Like the Academy Awards, it's it's a it's it's politics. Like people are pissed and yelling on the streets and don't even really know how the Grammys work. This is not the People's Choice Award, okay? This is not even something like the American Music Awards that are based on RIAA sales or People's Choice that are voted are by votes of the public. There's a Grammy board. The Recording Academy that consists of peers of the recording of people of the the powerful people in the recording industry um, who vote. They have they do dues. They pay. It's like a deal. Like there are people. I think I think even Faith Evans is a part of the Recording Academy. I think, but there is a prestigious group of people who every year come up with these nominations and they also vote on who they feel is so in reality it's not a fans award this is an award for rewarding their peers for their hard work that year so ideally sure you might have had the most number ones or the highest selling album that year but if your peers of your like your engineers and your um Hell, it could be even like video directors or um, mix like it's a it's mixers or even studios. There's some studio owners that are in the recording academy. Um, old recording artists that have done, and you've had to. I think you've had to. Let's go. Let's find out. Okay, so the recording academy um, membership. Now, it actually does not look like it's hard to be a part of the, as I thought it was, to be a part of the Recording Academy. Okay, so according to Grammy.com, the Recording Academy membership, the Recording Academy is a not-for-profit that represents a diversity of music makers and professionals. Our membership focuses on the service advocacy and recognition of the art and the craft of music we invite you to dig deeper into the work of our community as you explore we hope you are inspired to be an active member they have this phone number and this email address that you can do the okay so joining the academy like the grammy awards recording academy membership is a community of driven community driven and peer reviewed on an annual cycle so to be considered for an invitation to join so even to be considered to be that's what i thought okay so you have to be considered for an invitation to join get two strong recommendations from music industry peers one Two, after your recommendations are received by the Academy, they have to also write back that they want you to tell them more about your career. Um, candidates will receive an email with a link and a and candidate code to complete the career profile. Okay, so profiles must be complete by midnight on March the 1st to be considered for that year's class. A new member submission includes two recommendations and a complete com- pro- profile. Profiles can only be completed after recommendations are received. New member submissions are considered by the Recording Academy's peer review panel each spring. 
If approvals by peer review, candidates are invited to join the Recording Academy by July the 9th and have until the year that year's Grammy Awards voting deadline to accept. The Recording Academy approves memberships at its sole discretion based on the assessment of the submission. Okay. Wow. Okay, so they have membership types. This is like a big thing. The Recording Academy offers three types of membership, voting membership for the recording creators, professional memberships for music business people, and Grammy U for the next generation of inspiring and career in the music industry. Voting members, of course, voting membership is for performers, songwriters, producers, engineers, instrumentalists, and other creators currently working in the recording industry. Voting members determine Grammy winners each year. So this is your target. As if you didn't know. Um, yeah. So the, when people, I don't know. I, I, I think there is this, I didn't know that it was this, like, um, almost like a, like, could you imagine like that? Who is the review? Like the peers that review these memberships. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine, I, I know this probably, I imagine it being 10 old white men and they decide if you are, and I'm sure it's probably, it's the music industry, so I'm sure it's probably a mixed bunch. Um, let's find out. Let's, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's dig a little bit. Let's find out if we can find out who is on this peer review. So now I know that the um, president and CEO is Harvey Mason Jr., which is he's biracial, I think, or he he might be black. I think he looks. I'm gonna post a picture of him, and there's a link, of course, to all these stories in the description. Take my word. Don't if you don't take my word for it, which you shouldn't. Click those links, read about it yourself. Um, but I I have heard that maybe a year or two ago that they added maybe two thousand plus people, three thousand people to as the new members. They had the same members for a very long time. And it was the same. So two or three years ago, I know you guys saw a shift in the Grammys and their nominations and their wins because they had a whole new young batch of members. So I'm reading this article. And there is a, of course, a diversity initiative in a collaboration with The Color of Change, the Recording Academy announced on Thursday morning its latest class of members. Now, this is an article from this July, July the 9th, 2020. So this happened recently. But I know that they have added members throughout the year. It's hard to, and they, they keep the same members. So ideally, I imagine that they constantly get a lot of people wanting to come in, but this is such an elite private group of members that they have to approve you to be a part of them, apparently. So the organization has sent invitations to 2,300 artists, songwriters, producers, and other music professionals to join the organization in 2020. Academy members can vote in the annual Grammy Awards, submit their work for Grammy considerations, and propose change to Academy rules. Of the 2,300 people, 79% are eligible to vote in, in the Grammys, and the other 20% are music professionals and don't get a vote. So they don't get to vote like the professionals, the one who are current 
they're part of the if I'm following this correctly, they're a part of the group of people who can submit. So only a certain amount of people can submit. I think Taylor Swift can submit for the Grammy consideration. So that means that you're ahead. Like, if you are submitting to your peers, you get first dibs. Do you know what I'm saying? To get their consideration. And of course, they're going to consider you because you're a part of their peers. They already brought you in to the group. So if you're a part of the Grammys, the Recording Academy, you already get first dibs. This is for y'all's approval. Look, y'all. Hey, friends. When y'all are thinking about it, think about me. I am running this year. This is my album. I want y'all to look at it. So that list also, I know Taylor Swift is a part of it. I, I'm sure so many people in different, and I know I want to say, I don't want to lie, because I know how you are, Beehive, but I want to say Beyonce. No, Matthew Knowles was a part of the Recording Academy. I remember that. Right? Somebody over there is a part of the Recording Academy. So they get first dibs of the consideration for the Grammy pool. They get to hang with these people. They know who they are. You know what I'm saying? They know who these people are. They get to rub, but they can't vote. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? There's another 70% of people who get to vote. So 20-something percent of these people get to have first dib for the consideration. They get to talk to these people. They get to send their projects out first. before, And then other people who are nominated, y'all are just picked between these 100% of people, these 2,000-plus people. We chose you. Come to the Grammys, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's why it's not a shock to certain people that they're nominated because they're part of the Recording Academy. Does that make any sense? I don't know if that makes any part that makes any sense. And I think that's the part that 20% is the part that Faith Evans is a part of. I know this because I remember Faith Evans making it a big deal that she got chose, which it is a big deal because I'm sure they probably don't let every R&B girl in. Anyway. So my point of all saying all of this is this is not the BET Awards. Okay. We are on the outside looking in. These are what people in the industry have chosen to who they chose to honor. For better or for worse, no matter what you think about it, it is something that's happening. These are the people that they the recording academy feel that have done great work this year. It's not the American Music Awards. It's not about the People Choice Awards is the people. You vote. I don't know where I don't know where people I did not know the details up until today and I still don't know all the details. But I know that it is a group of people, a small group of people who want to celebrate these artists that particular night. And they choose who won. These people are impressed by these people, if that makes any sense. It's not about what outside people, people on Twitter. And I'm not saying that they don't count. But there are certain things, like certain places, um, where that matters. Like the American Music Awards, or the VMAs, or the People's Choice Awards, or the BET Awards. Those are all great award shows because it is our vote, American Idol, it's not an award show, but they are about what people want to see. Dancing with the Stars, people vote. The Grammys is not that. So I think people, I think every year the backlash comes from that. I feel like they think that this is some weird, 
way of reflecting how people feel about a particular artist. They're always going and run down every artist's favorite, um, all the things that that artist did that year. You know, how can this person win when this person did so, you know, 400 million copies this year alone and, you know, had 19 number ones, every song from this album. It's not about that. If those 19 number ones from that particular artist this year impressed the people on this board or they were a part of the board and was able to politic their way into a nomination or a win, then they get the nomination or the win. If they didn't, they didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like once you people wrap their head around that, I think that will take that initial shock away from these nominations. Do you know what I'm saying? I think there's maybe like one award that that night that is for the, you know what I mean? Like, it's not about what you think. It's not about what the masses think. It's about what these small group of people in the Recording Academy think. And that's that. Every year is going to be that. Every year. That's it. <laughs> so, okay. Which leads me to, okay, we know the weekend kicked up dust. He didn't understand how he had some of the best work this year, in his opinion, and he didn't get nominated. Um, Nicki Minaj brought up the fact that she lost to Bon Iver 10 years ago, the old white man Bon Iver. But there was one person in particular who gave me the and I kind of decided I, and I had just, it reminded me of why I never liked him, and it was Justin Bieber. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't like Justin Bieber and I don't like to say I don't like a particular artist any because I you never know who you're going to work with but y'all can this you me to death like this you on Twitter like y'all can do this I don't like Bieber because Bieber represents to me okay if you've been living under the rock I'm going to give you back backstory if you've been living under the rock and you have no idea what's going on Bieber is upset because his album was not nominated in the R&B categories Okay, I want to use um, direct quotes. Okay, so Justin Bieber is unhappy with the Grammys pop classification of his album changes. He says, I set out to make an R&B album. Who gives a fuck? First of all, I want right then and there. Who gives a fuck about what you set out to do? Okay, Bieber has picked up four nominations this year for Best Pop Vocal Album for Changes, Best Pop Solo Performance, Best Pop Duo Group Performance, and Best Country Duo Group Performance, but was unhappy with the pop classification of his latest offering. In a statement posted to Instagram today, Bieber, on November 25th, Bieber said, I am very meticulous and intentional about my music. With that being said, I set out to make an R&B album. Changes was an, was and is an R&B album. It is not being acknowledged as an R&B album, which is very strange to me. Bieber went to unpack the sonic nuances, nuances of his two, uh, February 2020 release, saying that the chords and the melodies to the vocal style to the hip-hop drums all pointed towards what he feels is undeniably, unmistakably an R&B album. <sighs> Okay. Um, girl. Okay. Uh, why? 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 Okay. 
uh, here's my issue. This is my issue. This is my issue with it. My issue with Bieber wanting to be not my issue with this thing is not the fact that Bieber wants to have the same sounds or wanted to set out to make a R&B, quote unquote, R&B album. That's not my issue. My issue is why did you want to come in the R&B category? For what? So you could win against some real R&B artists who they don't have to set out to create this music. This music is a part of them. This is what they do. They make R&B albums consecutively every year. I'm not a thousand percent happy with the R&B cat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, there needed to be because women held it down this year. I felt like it should have been half and half of women and men this year if they were going to be fair um i felt like the men in that category probably honestly could have went some of them could have went to the pop category but that is the thing instead of making it about i i agree that there are um the issue okay if he would have brought it home to the fact that there are a lot of artists who are always put into boxes because of their race, then that would have been the issue. Okay, I get it. You know, because you're white, you felt like you were put in a pop category. And if you made it that way, if you could say that and come out and say, if you would have made it the issue of what it was, and has been before you decided to meticulously create an R&B album, there have been issues over and over again with race and the R&B category. No matter how much of a pop album it is, if you are black, you are an R&B cat. Um, there was an issues, of course, with Drake. They don't know where to put Drake in the pop or R&B category or hip hop category. They put him in the hip hop R&B category because that's where his most of his music embodies. Most of your music embodies pop up until you decided to meticulously make R&B music and sit back and think about how you wanted to make an R&B category. I mean, R&B album so you could fit into the R&B category all of a sudden. You are a pop artist. Everything you've done up until that point was pop. Do you see what I'm saying here? Like, why would you want to come and take that slot from one of these true R&B artists? I feel like that's the issue with a lot of certain non-people of color that they feel like because they... Like, where do you get off just deciding that that's what you want to do? So that's what I did. Justin Timberlake has been trying to make R&B, but he's perfectly happy in the pop category. I'm sure he he doesn't kick and scream out loud about the fact because he understands he makes pop music. You make pop music. You're not an R&B artist, Justin. Sure, you worked with some, some niggas and, you know, you got into the stew with some homies. And you heard a couple of R&B songs that you wanted to make music like you wanted to work with Summer Walker and all, but you can, you are not Summer Walker. 
Do you get what I'm saying? You're not SZA. And I, I think our music is our music. We fought to have that category even be a part of the Grammys. Even I don't even, is it, we, I think now we, we just fought to have it be a part of the program, the aired program. Now you want to feel it? Because you meticulously thought and planned and put forth an R&B album. And so next year, you, you're just going to take up the... You already got the country album. You know what I'm saying? Like, chill. Why do you want to come and take... So ideally, what he's not understanding is that if he were to be filled with the R&B category, which he did not make an R&B album, you had a pop album with nuances of R&B. You're not an R&B artist. You don't have the rhythm and you don't have the blues. Those are two, that's the issue right then and there. You don't have the rhythm. You don't have the blues. No matter how much times you sit up and cry and, and make music similar to us, this is something, this is our shit. If I make pop music, I'm a pop R&B artist. I consider myself a pop artist because I make pop music because it's genuine. This is something that is really me. I always have. I made pop music before I started dabbling, dabbling into R&B. But that, this is my shit. I would never, if they chose to put me in the R&B category, I would be fine. A little annoyed because I understand that I'm a pop artist and they didn't put me in that pop category because I'm black. But that's not what's happening to you, Bieber. You are a pop artist. You have consecutively, because you decided that you wanted to do this. That's weird to me. And you would be taking away a slot from an, arm, an artist that, a real R&B artist that probably would have never gotten the, their just due. If, it, if people didn't fight for it. We are fighting, we're holding on to our categories by the skin of our teeth. The hip hop and R&B category is dying. Like every year is, is iffy if it's going to be one. It's stronger than ever now. But two or three years ago, four or five years ago, it was a fight. We just got a hip hop category less than 10 or 20 years ago. Now you want to come in and try to shake shit up and put yourself, your lily white ass into the R&B category with all these black people who every year gave us their best R&B work. That is insane to me. And the fact that he is saying it out loud, and this is some shit that you say at home, and, you're, and somebody corrects you, your black manager come, or your black assistant or your security guard tells you to chill. Let these black people have their moment. You did not make an R&B album. You made a pop album with the sounds that are current, which are R&B. You're not Summer Walker. You are not... Uh, um, Ro James, you're not any of those artists in that category. You, you, you let's look at the category and compare your music and your style to them. Why do you want to come and take our category? That is weird to me. They, they wouldn't exchange you out with anybody else. Do you understand that? Like, ideally, if they would take, would have taken Chris Brown and put him in the pop category and put you in the R and B category, that'd be different. But that would, that's not the case. You, and you know that. I don't know. I think, I think that that is 
that was a, a real heavy to me. And I thought that was really, really strange. And I thought that was odd for Bieber to actually say those things and go on a tangent about it and actually kick up dust because Whitey couldn't get with the brothers. The one, the two categories that we have to ourselves. Yeah. Like, do you not remember when people were pissed because Kendrick lost to, um, what is that group? I actually like Macklemore. I actually like them, but ideally, yeah, their music was a little bit more hip pop than it was hip hop. They had hip hop style, but people were upset because they were not a true hip hop group. They were pop hip hop. You are pop R&B like me. I make R&B music, but ideally I would be able to see how people would put me in the pop cat. I wouldn't be upset. I think I'm leaning more to R&B. I do a lot more R&B work. And also I am a black artist. And that can be enough. I mean, sometimes when it comes to our music and our art, we can, us being black can be enough for us to be there. Does that make any sense? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay for us to be able to, be the best of our contribution and be black and be able to represent a group of black uh, in a black category and hold that place. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause we have to, we're lucky to be a part of, we need to fill that category every year with great artists. We don't need any more pop. We don't need that. We don't need that in our category. We don't, we don't. And for you to next year, want to do what the fuck you it makes me think of Miley Cyrus like when bangers dropped if she would have made a big deal about her being in the pop like as she would have went and was like I should she made a hip-hop style album you just see her kicking up dust about her being in a pop category because Miley Cyrus still no matter what knew <laughs> I don't know what do y'all think about this tweet me at Carmine Davis um instagram.com slash Carmine Davis Carmine Davis show on Instagram. Let me know. Cause that, that was a lot. And I, I did not like that. I didn't like that. Miss Beaver. And that was like, I felt like that slick kind of was your, your last straw. Like you had me seduced with yummy. I love yummy. Like you got me, but girl, that was your last straw. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't like her. But anyway, let me move on, child, because this is usually like the love. Oh, uh, before we go any further, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, and rate this podcast. Because I'm not doing it for my what? Health. All right. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe this comment or this podcast. And um, this last segment is usually set for the love relationship and sex segment. But this year, I want to do something different tomorrow or right now. Today is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, boo. Um, But I want to reserve it for five things that I am thankful for this year. All right. Number one, my doggies, my babies. Um, Pink and Luna are like my children. They really are. They're my two pit bulls that I love to death would do anything for um they have grown and um 
they're so healthy. They're so big. They're so sweet. They, I call them my, um, therapists. Um, some even call them my familiars. They really do. They are my magical dogs. They protect me. Um, they alert me. They keep me up. They keep me in great spirits. They motivate me on days when things aren't, you know, that great. You know, they remind me, you know, we need to go out and we need to go walk. And on those walks, you know, we have the best time. I really do. And, and it's, it's weird. I think the only, only, you can only understand if you have a dog, you know what I'm saying? That you're really close to and sure they're just dogs and, but they are my babies. They are the sweetest things. You know, they protect me. I protect them. And they teach me, they taught me unconditional love and what it should feel like. Um, every day they genuinely coming home after long days of working hard and building, um, an empire and just day-to-day work. You know what I mean? Like they, they make me, they, you know, every time I come home and Luna jumps up in my arm, like I just didn't leave two hours ago. It makes me smile. It makes me laugh. And it reminds me that's how love should be. You know what I mean? And it also taught me that I'd be a great parent. So, yeah, I love my little dogs. And they, they're they the cutest little things. Like, they know when it's time to record, when I set up and everything. And I, I'm on the phone before and I'm getting my my jish and, and getting my mind rolling. They know it's, when this mic goes up, they lay down and they're pretty quiet. You never really hear them. They sit back and they let me record and let me do my thing. But when I'm done with work or whatever, they, it's all about them. Okay. Number two is this show, my podcast. Okay, so I, the history, I've been thinking about doing this this podcast or something like that for years. Like, actually, it wasn't a really ideally a podcast because um, I didn't know you could do a podcast like this. I thought all podcasts are like true crime podcasts, like the stuff that I kind of listen to or I know people listen to. Like, I thought you had to be like informative and really like educate people but I had realized that I'm actually pretty smart and I actually am able to educate people and I can actually create a podcast and do it my way and I, or I thought they had to be really gossipy or um messy messy you know I, I didn't think that I was you know, able to do a show. So I created this show concept. Um, I had been bouncing it off of a couple of people. Everybody kept telling me you should do it. You should do it. You should do it for years, even before it actually came into my, um, and I, like I'm a Capricorn. So I always keep, my wheels are always turning. I feel like I have like a, this huge cork board in my brain of like little things that I just like add to add information or like more like a filing cabinet, or a mood board. I feel like it's more of a mood board. And I like add things to it every single day. And what would my podcast be about? What would it look like? What would it feel like? What would be the style? What Who would I have on it? Would I have anybody on there? When will I have anybody on there? And so I was formulating it. And then when the quarantine happened and everything just kind of slowed down, and I knew it was like it was the time I was I was going to do it anyway. I was it was I planned on actually launching it the summer. And, um, I was like, I didn't want to do the visual way. I wanted, I, I, I wanted to feel like, 
I wanted to feel like a 90s R&B. I mean, not a 90s R&B, a 90s radio host. Like, I remember watching, like, Howard Stern or hearing, like, Wendy Williams and stuff like that on the radio. And I just loved that kind of uh, format. I loved it. I loved the... Because it's so close to what I love anyway, and that's recording and making music. And I was recording and all that. And it also became a way that I would use to streamline and market myself. And people have followed my personality and Instagram. For years, I didn't do anything but Instagram. I wasn't on YouTube or anything. Like, I was just living my life and Instagram. People knew what I looked like, you know, on Twitter and all that. I, you know, I wasn't tweeting, but... People knew what I looked like, you know what I'm saying? But I, nobody really knew what I sounded like or what I even thought or how I felt. And I knew that I wanted to have such a law, like a, a, such a far concept or an idea or, or I want to do something so far from Instagram where it's not about physically. I wanted people to hear and listen to me and, and have that moment of an hour plus with me a day and, share my thoughts without being interrupted because <laughs> I have a lot to th- say. I have a lot to think and I have, I've been quiet for so long. And I, even as a person, I feel like people, my friends and all that could probably find more about how I feel through my podcast than a day-to-day conversation because I don't talk a lot, you know, to my close friends, they know, but for my, my friends, they, you know, my family, they have no idea. I'm a very quiet person. I'm a very, um, I wouldn't should say shy, but very diplomatic and to myself or, you know what I'm saying? So the podcast became therapeutic and it also became a great, um, business tool and it was, it's fun. It's, it's, and I've seen a a lot of girls, you know, the girls, my daughters, you know, mail me every day and, you know, ask me about how I started it, what was the concept and how they can get involved. And it's been a really, really great experience all over and I'm really thankful for y'all listening and and tuning in every week and listening to me rant and hearing me out and what really makes me happy is that the backlash and like people disagreeing was something that I was almost a thousand percent sure of actually say these things and expecting people to not like them (laughs) but the fact that most people feel me and where I'm coming from and actually like I've never thought about it that way the the little the the shy teenager who had all these nerdy ideas and concepts and thoughts is like cries you know happy tears because wow like I maybe I should have been more vocal as a teen growing up because there's nothing wrong with me I'm not crazy <laughs> and I'm thankful for y'all that tuning in every week um okay number three exes I talk about my a lot of my exes and I didn't realize that I went through so many like men in a year or at a time like I to me of course because you know we're just talking or we're dating and you know of course you know how that goes like you never who fucking dates anymore like you know what I'm saying like nobody dates you're all talking so I I am thankful for them my ex actually helped me come up with the album title um not he didn't sit down with me but he was our relationship was the the um basically the concept of my album, all friendship is romantic. And we always bounce back. We were always on the line of friendship and maybe we should just be friends and, or maybe we, you know, there's something more here. We always drew the line and I had to realize that, you know, through my whole entire life, my, my relationships were all passionate and romantic and they were all friends. Every 
partner, every even from a fiance to um, some of my fuck buddies. Like we, we for some odd reason, I tend to make friends with them, and we tend to be friends first. And I develop these friendships because I develop these romantic relationships with them, and all of my friendships are very passionate. They're platonic always. I've never really fucked any of my friends or anything like that, but. They're romantic in the sense of when we fight, it it breaks my heart, like more than any anything, any any anything. Like when I fall out with my friends, my close friends, it put a fork in me. Like I'm done. Like it 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 comes in and it invades my mind. It's a gray cloud over my head. I have to walk around like a a death to me. And when I break up with a friend or like a boyfriend or something like that, it's almost like I'm not talking to a friend. Like I'm just waiting for them to sit around and call me so we could be okay again. And I realized that those two things aren't that completely different besides the physical sense. Do you know what I'm saying? So my ex has actually inspired all of my work, this, this album around and some of my friends, but even my ex friends inspired, um, a lot of the things I talk about on this podcast and a lot of things that I talk about on my album. So I'm thankful for all my exes. Shout out to my ex. Okay. Number four, my team and my friends. That leads me to the people who are still standing. Um, I don't really do all this by myself. It's like every week, all week long, I'm bouncing and getting concepts of what I want to talk about with, um, my team or, um, my co-show runner, um, and then my best friends, they are my, my co-show runners. You know, I bounce the concept. We talk about things all week long and I bounce ideas off of them. And most of the time this show is just filled with things that we have been talking about all week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like things that, um, have been in our mind, my mind and that's on the desk. And then, um, Wednesday I get them all like formulated and I bounce them to Kendrick and, and, he bounced them back to me kind of like in a streamlined kind of way of where it would make sense on the show. Or there's like a hot topic that kind of goes hand in hand with what I had in mind. And then that this year, luckily we got Dawn and then now we have another, we're in talks with a bunch of special guests that I'm so excited for. And we're finally able to get those guests that I want um, because of my friends and my team. You know, instead of I could have talked, we could have anybody on the show. Um, I know ideally podcasts, people like other people coming in and talking, you know, who's the guest, who's the guest. But I don't want to talk to y'all like <laughs> I don't want to talk to people like I want to talk to people who are inspiring me musically or career wise or who make me think or who I admire. I want to when people come on the show, I want it to be a um profusion of love for them like I was with Don I am a genuine fan of Don Robinson as you can hear on the interview I am a true fan of in vogue like a real fan of in vogue I'm a true fan of these next couple of guests that are coming up I'm a real fan of these people and I would never be able to get them I probably would but my team my friends make it really easy for me to figure out who I want and how I can get them on the show. So thank ya. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to all of y'all and who still love me through all this process. And um, fuck you hating assholes who are mad because I did it and you didn't. So, ah. okay. Um, and my health. 
That's my last final thing. I am so thankful to have made it. God bless. This wasn't a good, this wasn't, of course, a year. And all my immediate friend, knock on wood, my immediate friends and family have pretty much stayed out of the dark side of the COVID um, um, spectrum. You know, I think I had, I lost, which I still don't know for sure. I think I might've had a really stuffy nose and it was affecting my taste and smell because I could still taste certain things and I could still smell certain things, but I didn't have a fever or anything like that. And I went to go, by the time I was going to go get tested and I had an appointment, my symptoms were gone. So I am thankful, except for my, my close friend, one of my close friends who was a nurse, she got COVID, but she made it through and she pulled through. And I'm just thankful for all of our health, um, for our, our, our well wellness. And I'm, um, praying for those who, are not as we're not as blessed or I feel like I want to say blessed in an advert or different type of way. I don't believe in death being a um not, not a blessing. I believe that there is a blessing in everything. Um a law even loss um or illness. I I believe that personally. I believe that there is um beauty and 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 um a blessing in everything. So I want to, my mom and thoughts and prayers are for everyone who has been affected or infected with COVID-19 this year. Um, and I'm thankful that, you know, we have been on the other side and, um, you know, I'm just thankful all around and I'm, I'm, I'm still praying for everybody and I'm praying for, um, my team and my family and yours too. And I want us to make it. And I'm thankful that we are. If you listen to this show and you're well, or even if you're, you know, you got a couple of symptoms, I'm thankful that you're still here. And I'm happy that we're on the other side of all this. So, but anyway, that's the show. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. I'm actually spending my Thanksgiving away from my family. It's not anything normal. I'm hanging with my girl Lisa today. We're cooking. We're going to drink. We'll probably get a little high. Watch some Netflix. How I like and go the fuck to sleep because a bitch is fucking tired. I've worked so hard these last couple of weeks and there's been so much going on and I just want to spend time with my dogs. Watch some Netflix. Eat. Blow down. Maybe get my black, my back blown out. You know, if my nigga can sneak away, my little fuck buddy right now. No, <laughs> fuck on me a little bit and, you know, get my turkey stuffed and eat some stuffed turkey. You know, that's how I want to do it this year. But I hope y'all have a great Thanksgiving. God bless y'all. And I will see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.